All right. So welcome to a whole new season about faith. And I think that when it comes to faith, it's something that we don't talk about as much as we could because we think faith is a simple thing. Uh, It goes deeper and deeper and deeper. And I'm going to take this entire season to tell you about faith because it's something that's constantly growing in your life. And remember, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So welcome to uh, your show, Fruit for Your Soul. I'm your host, Cardelia Reed. Thank you for joining me today. You know, you could be so many places in your life, but the fact that you chose to spend this time with me means a lot. So I'm going to make sure, <laughs> make sure it is just so worth your while. Um, all right, so let's go here. Now, I'm going to open up this season with Hebrews chapter 11. And if you know anything about that particular chapter, it focuses so much on faith and It is just such a faith-building, power-boosting chapter. So I want you to go to, um, I'm going to start off just saying to you about what faith is. It starts off with verse 1. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And, you know, it talks about, it goes on in verse um, 2 This is what the ancients were commended for. Now, I'm reading from the NIV version, by the way. And so I love this version of the Bible because it makes it so much simpler for you to understand. And I feel like it's talking to me every time I read it. So this is one that I'm going to start reading from now on. So by faith, we understand the universe. This is verse 3. was formed by God's command. Now, here's the most important thing I want you to remember. So that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Now, I want to take some time out just to talk about what that means right now. What was what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Notice the the verbs here. What is seen? That means what you're looking at now. Okay, so what you're looking at now has already been made. But it's been made out of something that's not what's visible. So what is visible and what does that word visible mean? Visible means you're looking at something from God's perspective. Okay, that's the visibility of things. All right. So we cannot see it from our natural eyes. But when we have that relationship with the Holy Spirit who ties us into who God is and what he does, and then we have God's word. We're able to see things that are actually visible from his perspective. And I'm going to tell you, as a Christian who has a relationship with Jesus Christ, there's no other perspective to view the world from. When you're looking at from your perspective or the world's perspective, you get depressed, you're disappointed, you get angry, you are disheartened. You're literally frustrated because You're looking at something and you're calling it the way life sees it, right? And so people say, well, why not? Because that's life. No, that is the life here for people that are worldly, that are in the world. But as Christians, we're not in the world. We're we're called to be in the world, but we're not of the world. Excuse me. So that means that you are literally looking at the world from God's perspective. And when you do that, you're able to call things the way he sees them and not the way you see them. Now, one of the things I want you to literally keep in mind, go down to verse six, 
where it says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now, you know, I used to hear that a lot. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. And the truth is, you first, you got to make up in your mind who you want to please. Do you want to please yourself? You want to please the world? Or do you want to please God? A lot of times, a lot of us struggle with pleasing people, and we don't even know it because that's all that's around us, right? That's from a worldly perspective. Now, if your goal is to please God, then number one, you got to make up in your mind, you're going and you're aiming and your goal on a day-to-day basis is to please God, not people. That's huge. That's huge. I don't want you to just agree because you think it sounds good. That's is it a performance, that's an act, and that is a state of mind that has to be accomplished on a daily basis. So when you aim to please God, you have to know that the next thing you're gonna do is you're gonna start he's gonna start working on your faith. Okay. So remember, God is the author and finisher of our faith. He's the one that creates it, he's the one that completes it. So if your aim is to please God, the next thing you're gonna do is start you're gonna get into situations that's gonna start testing your faith. Okay, so what does that mean? That Now, that's when we start talking about life, all right? Those are the things that come in, you know, whether you have a divorce, whether you have a um, situation financially, whether you have a situation with your family life, your kids, whether you have situations with, your, with yourself that you're not happy with, your health problems, the list goes on and on and on and on. Typical problems you find in any household on a regular day-to-day basis. Now, here's the thing. Do these problems exist Of course they exist. You're experiencing it today. Now, do they have to continue to exist? No, they don't. That's where the faith part comes in. All right. Now, a lot of people will say, okay, well, um, this is just things that even I've thought before. Well, if the problem exists, why am I having the problem? Why can't it go away? Well, once again, who are you aiming to please, God or man? Okay, so if you're aiming to please God, then you have to accept that this situation doesn't have to stay the way it is because God doesn't see it like that. So, for example, if you are a person who is divorced and God doesn't see you as a divorced person, God sees you as a loving, happy person. So the next thing comes down is to how does God see my situation? How does he see it? What is going to give you that? Okay, then you go to the word of God. Then you go to the word of God and you have your relationship with the Holy Spirit and you allow your acts of obedience and your acts of speaking out. When I say act of speaking out, meaning project the words out of your mouth and call the situation the way you want it to be. Because God is a God of restoration, okay? And it doesn't, you know, I know someone right now who's in the process of restoring uh, a broken marriage, not to the point where they're going to get remarried, but but to the point where that particular ex-husband has found out he made a mistake, and you know what? She has always already forgiven him. So it didn't matter whether he verbalized that or not. But the fact that he realized that he messed up his life when he left his wife for someone else, it's huge. It's huge. That's groundbreaking. That's restoration. That's what restoration looks like. So I want you to understand that God looks to repair pieces. He looks to repair these things, build them up, and turn it around for our good. Even in a situation like that, when this person realizes, hey, you know, maybe I shouldn't have left my wife, then all of a sudden, he gets something on his life where he's so much better than the person he used to be. 
That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about what does it look like from God's perspective. And that's what God is interested in. But it takes an act of faith and belief and calling these situations the way you see them and meaning it from the bottom of your heart and knowing that you want to please God and knowing that, you know, it goes on. Once again, God's word says he rewards those who earnestly seek him, which means when you are earnestly seeking him, like you really want your situation changed. You really don't want to be that divorced person anymore. When you really are a single woman and want to get married and it's not happening. When you don't have the money that you, you think you should have or you have a financial setback after setback after setback. Remember, he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So God knows your heart. And you have to make sure that relationship with the Holy Spirit is um, is down secure with your prayer life. I want to say that when I talk about faith, faith isn't something that um, people just say and say, oh, I'm a man of faith and they keep walking. Faith is an act. It's a belief. It's an act. And it's a part of who God is. So when you think about God, he's the essence of love. He's also the essence of our faith, meaning that there's nothing that's going to keep you tied to God unless you have love. And in that love, he's constantly building your faith and you allowing that to happen. So you're moving to different levels of faith in the process of your relationship with him. Um, You know, in this chapter, it talks a lot about Abraham. And I just want to take some time out to tell you... um about Abraham that I'm so impressed with. I'm so impressed with this situation with Abraham. And we don't think about how Abraham really had it. Uh, We always think about the blessings of all his descendants and, you know, who we are. And we are the descendants of Abraham, okay? By our faith, we are the descendants of Abraham. So this is one of the reasons why I want to talk about it. Because if you go to um, the same um, in Hebrews 11, the eighth verse, Abraham, it says that um, in the eighth verse, that by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Now, how often has God told you to go somewhere and you don't even know where you're going? How Who does that? People do that. People do that. So this is faith. He did not know where he was going, but he went there anyway. So I, I use an example of my own life. I knew when I moved to California, God was calling me um, to stand out more in my ministry, step out more into my ministry. I don't know. I mean, I I knew the end result because I had been been prophesied. But with that, you don't know when that's going to happen. And I still don't know. I have an idea. But the truth is, I just know because it's based on God's word. And, And what I have from his word, I have the prophetic word and I have his written word. And those are the most important things. But... He didn't know where he was going, but Abraham went and he took a lot of people with him and a lot of his belongings with him and he went anyway. Now, if you go down to the 11th verse, and this is really good stuff, Sarah, and by faith, Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was unable to bear children because she considered him faithful, who had made the promise, was enabled to bear children, which is another thing. They were told they were going to have Isaac by an angel. But this went on for a very, very, very... I mean, we're talking about a very long waiting period. So we have this man acting on faith. And in this process of acting, he's still waiting. He's on his journey, not knowing where he's going. Sarah gets told she's going to have kids. 
And the next thing you know, it still hadn't happened yet. I mean, most of us would have given up by then. But it's that relationship that that it literally is the glue that ties you and makes you keep going and not giving up and losing heart. It's the faith building process that keeps you going in that relationship, in that time alone with the Holy Spirit, in reading God's word. The God's word actually puts you uh, back on track of where you're supposed to be. You know, I'm going to say something else. It's not written in here, but if you go back to the book of Genesis, um, it starts at Genesis 12. You will find that on that journey, when Abraham was going to uh, where God had sent him to go, you find that uh, Sarah was taken by a king called Abimelech. Now, why was Sarah taken by Abimelech? Well, Abraham had a conversation with Sarah and said, you know, here's this king coming up and he might take you. So let's say that you're my sister. And technically she was his half sister. But at the end of the day, she technically was his wife, right? So lied there. And sure enough, the king saw Sarah and took her. Well, because Abraham had this relationship. Now, can you imagine what this must have meant to Abraham? That's trouble again. Trouble again. Now, Abimelech didn't know that this man was called to be who he is. And here he is himself, Abimelech, his own wife and is in an area, none of them could bear any kids. I mean, I'm talking about wife, concubines or whatever he had at the time. No kids there either. So he brings in Sarah and he curses himself. And he has a dream where the Lord appears to him and says, you are surely a dead man. The wife you have, the, the woman you have taken if is someone's wife. And so literally Abimelech didn't know. He said, I didn't know this. So literally, uh, the Lord told Abimelech in the dream to, to give him his wife back and um, send the man on his way. Well, <laughs> of course, Abimelech came out of the dream and restored Abraham's wife back to him. And then not even just that, he blessed him and gave him property and, 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 and animals and all kinds of things. So that was a blessing and God was with him. So listen to me. Listen to what's going on. He's on this journey, not knowing where he's going. Sarah hasn't had the child yet, but his wife was taken and was given back to him because the Lord was with him. That's huge. Even though he lied, the Lord was still with him. So even when you sin, the Lord is still with you. He may allow things to happen because you sinned, but sure enough, you understand at the end of the day that, okay, shouldn't have lied. Abraham understood that. And he explained to him why he lied. But at the end of the day, he still was given back everything. And then some, he got his blessings from Abimelech, which I find absolutely amazing. Now, here's another thing that Abraham went through. God told Abraham that Isaac, um, all of his descendants would come through Isaac because he told him to name the child Isaac. And all his descendants would come through Isaac. But he also told him to go and sacrifice Isaac, go and sacrifice him. So Abraham, if you go to verse 17, which I find this just absolutely wonderful. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice who had embraced the promises, was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Now on to verse 18, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Verse 19, Abraham reasoned that God could even raise 
the dead. And so in the manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. Now, can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? Can you even, this man had a very interesting life. His entire life was ordered. His steps were ordered by God. And he's at a point of where he's literally getting ready to sacrifice a 30-year-old son, by the way, who never fights. <laughs> That's the kind of household he built here, a household of faith. So a 30-year-old son didn't fight, which is amazing because he had built up such a household of faith-bearing. Because, you know, once again, Sarah finally had Isaac and Isaac got older. But even after all of that, it wasn't over. God said, go sacrifice him for me. And Abraham didn't blink. I'm sure he was stressed about it. My God, he was human, but he had faith. He had faith and he trusted in God. And that is a really big thing. And it turns out that, you know, Abraham, uh, Isaac's, all the descendants came through Isaac. We still can't count to this day how many descendants that he has. As much sand as on the seashore, as many stars are in the sky. That's faith. Um, if you go with me to um, Genesis 1, I want to help you understand what was going on with Abraham. Why, how can someone endure such things? And how is it that he kept going in the manner that he was going and not stop? Because the man's life was absolutely blessed. If you go to in your Bibles to Genesis 12... Uh, verses one through four, you will see the kind of relationship he had with the Lord. I'm going to start at verse, this is Genesis 12, one, the first verse, the Lord has said to Abram, his name was Abram at the time, not Abraham yet. Go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land. I will show you. I'm going to keep going to verse four. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse this is exactly what happened with Abimelech. <laughs> and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went. So Abraham went. What does that mean? He was obedient. This whole thing talks about relationship and belief and trust in God and obedience. So Abraham went. And as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him, Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. <sighs> I am. I, I don't know how much I can tell you. I'm fascinated with this story. Um, this is a story that was actually brought to me by the Holy Spirit. And, you know, over the years, ever since I um, started my spiritual walk, there were bits and pieces of this story that stuck out. Well, Abraham this and Isaac that, and he ended up not sacrificing Isaac. And then that's the blessing. And when you put the whole story together, you get faith 100 fold. Uh, and I mean, the kind of faith this man had was amazing, but I'm going to tell you something. You cannot under any circumstances have this kind of faith without relationship because he trusted the Lord and he believed what the Lord had told him. Now, once again, we don't know how discouraged Abraham got sometimes or if he even got discouraged, but I'm sure when he slept with uh, the handmaid, discouragement had set in. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind about that because his wife was discouraged. And, you know, this is a whole, this story, the whole history of spouses uh, basically discouraging the other spouse who had very strong faith. This went on for a very long time in history of the Bible and even to now. 
You find people, there are, you know, men and women of God and the spouse is not the same. So that's just how it is. But, you know, that didn't stop them. That didn't stop them. It's not supposed to stop them. It's just supposed to build their faith even more because their spouse will see uh, the reverence and purity on their lives. And that's how they get won over every time. So I know when Sarah actually had Isaac, she was proud to call him Isaac, but whose name means laughter because she laughed. <laughs> she laughed because they, she said, you, you, you got to be crazy. I'm too old. That's not going to happen. But you know what? I'm sure she was proud to call him Isaac because she realized that Abraham faith is amazing. And somebody was right. The angel's right. The Lord is right. Abraham was right. So I, I want to encourage you in this season of talking about faith uh, to keep going, no matter how long it's taken, uh, no matter how bad it looks. I want to encourage you to know that faith changes everything. And if you don't have faith in your situation, you're not pleasing God and you're losing double because not only are you losing in the situation, you're losing on your relationship with God too. It doesn't do us any good to be disheartened in a long period of time and not think that we have a God that can correct things. You know, I personally was just recently going through a situation and the Holy Spirit said to me one day while I was driving, it's as if he was sitting right. I mean, like Jesus himself was sitting next to me and he was, it was like he was sitting in my passenger seat and he looked at me and he said, why would you ask Jesus to do something as if he cannot do it? And it took me a while to even think about that question. Like, what? Like, why? Why would you ask him to do something as if he cannot do it? So, in other words, why am I asking and then feeling like he's not going to do it? That's not relationship. That's not faith. That's worry. So, uh, these are the kind of things that um, when you have a relationship that you're in which you're trying to please God and your aim is to please God, you ask and you let go. You believe and declare and you let go. You don't even have to ask. You can just think it. I literally yesterday was um, was thinking that I was going to cancel this really big deal in my life um, that was kind of distracting me. And I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cancel this. I'm going to, for once and for all, I'm going to cancel it. I kept saying I was going to cancel it the last several weeks and I just didn't get around to it. So finally I decided I'm going to cancel it. Lo and behold, I never even had to cancel it. They called me. <laughs> they actually called me and said, well, now is not a good time for blah, blah, blah. But if you want to try in a couple of weeks, I was like, well, nope, the door just swung open. No, it will not be in a couple of weeks. It's just not going to happen anymore. Uh, if anything changes, I shall let you know. But thank you very much. And that was easy. And God said, you know, these things you don't even have to ask because he already knows our thoughts. That's relationship. That's relationship. So when you ask and believe and let go, that's when it happens. But when you ask and don't believe and can't let go, you've canceled it out. So I just want to continue to encourage you in this season about what faith actually means. And I want you to go forward and conquer and be all and do all that you can do in this time. It's perilous times. It's times where the wheat is being separated from the chaff. Um, basically, if you don't know what that means, it just means that people who have a relationship are being separated from the ones right now that don't. And I say that a lot and I apply it in situations where, you know, I'm trying to show a difference between the two um, people or 
things that's going on. So we being separated right now in this particular conversation, right now we're in a time in this world with people who have a relationship or in rock solid ground and the ones that don't have relationship are the ones that's blowing with the wind and with the world. The world say go that one way, they're going to go that way. The ones that are grounded in God, the world say go one way, they're still grounded in God. It doesn't even matter. Okay. All right. So thank you for listening to this particular episode. Um, I hope and I pray that you stay encouraged and you are continuing to walk in your faith. And by the end of this season, you will be at a whole new level, several new levels of faith. Uh, it doesn't change the fact that the devil won't try to bother you, but it changes how you deal with it. It changes what happens in the end result. All right. So in the mighty name of Jesus, you will go forth and conquer and be all that God wants you to do. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for watching. Jesus loves you. So do I. Now you can find me at love, L-O-V-E at Cardelia, C-A-R-D-E-L-I-A dot com. I love your comments, your feedback. Uh, You can send that to me anytime. Uh, You can find my book, Little Diary of Relationship Truths by Cardelia Reed. My last name is R-E-I-D. Uh, on Amazon, that's the fastest place to find it. And that talks, I saw a book that talks all about relationships with the Holy Spirit, your relationship with the Holy Spirit, excuse me, which is really, really, really vital in everything that you're doing. And so I'm going to often mention the relationship in everything I talk about because that's critical in this time. Critical, critical, critical. All of them, faith and love goes together. So this is a book about about love and about that. So uh, you, I, I know you'll be very blessed by that. Very blessed. So get your copy today if you don't already have it. All right. So look for you next time and I will see you soon. Bye-bye.